0: You are listening to another Always Moto production. The Emergency Department Podcast. This show may contain information about professional athletes' injuries. It may be descriptive and be unsettling to listeners. The information discussed may, at the time of the recording, be incomplete. And be based on opinion rather than fact. That opinion is and should always be viewed as an opinion only. In short, possible offensive language, injury based content, not always accurate. If you don't like it, turn it off. All right, listen up, everybody. Let's get this writers' meeting underway. As you all know, motorcycle racing is dangerous. Riders entering this event do so at their own risk. I'd like to remind you that he is not a doctor. That's right, Moto fans. I'm not a doctor. I am a physiotherapist. And this is the Always Moto podcast. This is the Emergency Room, I am David Hogan, the Australian Physiotherapist, here telling you about all the injuries that's happening in the Supercross Series in 2022. We're heading this weekend to Anaheim 3, it will be Round 6 of the AMA Monster Energy Supercross Series. We've just had a big weekend in Glendale with a Triple Crown for Round 5, and we've had a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. Mostly focused on the Vince Fries and, and Christian Craig issue, uh, but there is a lot of injuries that have come from that weekend that we're going to have some updates on for uh, updates on for you guys later in this episode, uh, and we're going to run through all of those lists uh, later on. We've also got a little, um, another recording for you guys, uh, it's not an interview as such this time, we've just been speaking with another writer, we've got Brighton Carroll, he's been able to provide some audio for us. Uh, about a recent injury that he's had and it's just going to be put into the show later on as well Um, so you guys will get to hear direct from Brighton um, about his injury and about his plans moving forward so the Christian Craig Vince Freeze thing I'm not going to get into who did what and what did happen and you know who shouldn't have and who should have uh, and what the penalties are that's for the other media guys I'm here to talk about the injuries and on this side of things one I have to say i gasped i went "Uh," as that as christian flew through the air um i thought for sure the camera angle wasn't obviously going to catch up to him as he flew through the air and i thought when they when they've gone under that part of the stadium there i thought for sure he was going to hit a concrete wall or land on the concrete floor but somehow he managed to go through that um, signage and i think that was a bit of a, a softer signage or a tough block stacked up or something along those lines He managed to get up and bounce straight back to his feet and run to his bike. And I thought, geez, that was lucky. Um, And then the power cord gets him and trips him over. And I thought, oh, did he do something there? But luckily it was all on the sand. So he seems to have gotten away pretty okay, which is surprising considering how quickly he flew off that star Yamaha into the oblivion, as you would say. Um, But he seems to be okay. Yes, he's popped up some, uh, you know, photos of himself since the injury uh, since the incidents, i should say uh, and he does have some minor injuries he did have some cuts and break and grazes to his shoulder and hand and they've swollen up a little bit but look those sorts of injuries and I- issues are are all too commonplace for these guys and they will not be an issue for him come a3 he will have managed those quite well during the week uh you know he'll be doing ice baths or going to you know um, some therapy to try and help move that swelling back back out of that area. Um, yes, the grazes and stuff might be a tiny issue, but look, in the big scheme of things, they aren't really that difficult. They weren't that big or that deep. They're not, not requiring stitches or anything like that, at least from what we understand. So he should be fine. I dare say he's going to come out like he did after that crash when he r- ripped through the field. I dare say he's going to have a point to prove at A3. And look, for the rest of the West Coast 250 guys, good luck catching him this week. Unless something happens to him again, watch out for Freezy, I suppose. Um, but if he gets a start, just, just I don't think you'll see him this this round. I don't think any of the guys are going to have any pace for him. He's going to run away with it, I dare say. But let's just watch and see. He might have some other issues that pop up along the way. You, never, you can never um, underestimate a bike problem or maybe even a crash in practice or something along those lines. So Look, if all goes as I expect it to, I think he's just going to disappear with a win at A3, but we'll see what happens. little update for you guys on the injuries, uh, on the amount of injuries so far in 2022. I I felt that things were getting a little out of hand. I mentioned in one of the earlier, another episodes um, of the podcast that we had a a fairly high ratio of injuries so far this year. And I had another look at that today. and, And look, so far, the injury numbers are quite high. So compared to twenty twenty one, so last season in total, so this is including preseason and all of the um, races up until the round seventeen. Um, basically, anything after round seventeen, we start classifying as mo- motocross um, injuries because um, they're all switching over from Supercross to Motocross, so we consider that in the Motocross season. So basically from when pre-season for Supercross starts, which is usually November, December, we, we commence recording for Supercross because the guys are on Supercross tracks, generally speaking, and then all 17 rounds, and as soon as, the, uh, as soon as we hit Monday after round 17, we switch over. So for that period, basically November, December through to about May, we're recording supercross injuries now in 2021 we had 91 recorded injuries in that period of time which look that seems like a lot you when you say it like that 91 injuries you only had 17 rounds that's a lot of injuries so far in 2022 we've had 59 recorded injuries actually make that 60 Um, i've just seen an update come through on malcolm stewart that another outlet has done Um, hands up to uh, swap moto he's put this one out but it seems like malcolm's had a bit of an issue with a foot that he's been dealing with and hadn't told anybody usual you know moto bs here hiding the injuries that's what we're doing this podcast for is to bring out those things and show the world how badass these guys are and what they ride through so we're hoping to make that a bit more you know obvious to the public but yes it sounds like that's 60 injuries so far in in five rounds and then the couple of weeks of pre-season beforehand so that's a lot now if we talk ratios again of injuries per round now when we talk injuries per round i don't include the preseason injuries here so we're only including the ones that have happened from the moment we hit track for round one in 2021 for first five rounds of the seasons, the ratio was 4.4 injuries per round. 2022, this year, five rounds. Different style of racing this year. Obviously, we're doing week, week-to-week races in, in different cities. Last year, we still had a couple of those. So we had three Houstons and we went to three Indies and, and over a bit of a gap there. So for 2022, so far through the five rounds, we're 7.6 injuries per round it's quite a bit higher than it was last year so far now look i'm going to just put a little caveat on this conversation here there is the chance that our recording and our availability and access to these riders has gotten a lot better in 12 months we might be seeing a bit of a shift where guys are actually reporting those things more often so in turn we're then able to list them on our on our database a bit better it could be both of those things it might be none of those things it might just be the fact that there's more injuries in 2022 but we're going to keep an eye on that and we'll keep you updated in future episodes of the podcast uh, on how those ratios are going throughout the season and how the injury lists are looking but at this rate with 60 injuries um, already recorded through five rounds i dare say by round nine which would be about halfway 17 rounds let's call it nine mass isn't perfect but you know by by that point i dare say we're going to be in front of the full 2021 recorded list of 91 we're going to be past that and heading higher probably into the 100 or so for for the 2022 season so we'll have to keep an eye on that see how things work out but it's getting up there a lot so a little break now guys we're just going to switch to some audio um just some intros from some riders that we've got uh, and we're going to come back with the injury list uh from glendale heading into anaheim three
1: I'm Brighton Carroll, riding for Team TCD, and you're listening to the Always Moto Podcast. Hi, this is Dylan Woodcock, riding for All South CMH Stunt Flying Privateer Team, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) Cheers, mate.
0: All right, Moto fans, we're back. Now, we're heading into the injury list that's come out of uh, Glendale, heading for Anaheim 3. Now, we had a pretty busy week on the uh, messages this week. Um catching up with a lot of riders trying to figure out what the hell they've done to themselves what their plans are uh if they're racing or not so we've got a decent list here now we've had improved the last two episodes we've had some interviews that have taken up a fair chunk of the the episode uh this week only the little um, sound bites from brighton carroll are going to come in just after we finish this list It's not an interview because we've got a fair amount of people to talk about today. Uh, So stick with us. We're going to run through the list just now. So capping it off, we've got Max Anstey. Now we found out that he's carrying a shoulder injury. Again, somebody that didn't let us know that this was happening until, you know, at least a week or so after the fact. It seems that he's got a shoulder injury. Now, interestingly enough, in speaking to Max, uh he doesn't want to get an mri which is kind of funny from my side of things as a health professional first thing you want to do is try and get some imaging uh to try and help you understand what's going on yes we can do tests in the clinic we've got all these different movements and in funny ways of positioning you and requesting you to push and pull and whatnot that that eliminate one structure over another um, and we can work, generally work these things out but obviously gold standard to help us figure this out especially when we know there's been an injury um, is some sort of scan. Now he's he said to me that he didn't want to know because he didn't want it to slow him down in any way shape or form he just wanted to manage it and keep racing supercross for the rest of this season obviously max has come into the last two seasons of supercross with injuries and had missed a fair chunks of those seasons at the beginning so he's obviously trying to make it so they can get through this whole season relatively you know injury free obviously the shoulder injury we're talking about now but he's managing that uh, and he's hoping to be okay in a couple of weeks time now he's indicated to me that he's had some help from the alpine stars medical crew they've assessed him Uh, they think it's a potential labral tear or a potential rotator cuff tear which interestingly enough there's two very different ways of testing those things it would specify which one was which but maybe they didn't do those things. Maybe they're not a physio. I don't know who's actually doing that testing for him in the in the rig. Um, but look, that's what he's told me. Um, he's not currently racing or sorry, not currently riding during the week uh, as a way he's managing this injury. He's getting therapy and he's getting he's doing some specific gym exercises to help rehab the shoulder hopefully he can manage that and and work it out through the rest of the season he did say that it's hard enough to race supercross uh when you're 100 percent, let alone when you're carrying you know a bit of an injury as well so look hopefully for max he can get through but i wouldn't be expecting the world from him in terms of results at this stage where he's been in that sort of back uh, just back of Top 10 is probably where he's going to stay for the moment potentially even back towards 15 or worse um, depending on how that shoulder goes obviously the longer um, the normal 20 minute motos might be a bit of an issue for him just in terms of fitness and pain and, and stability with that shoulder over that length of time so we'll have to see how he goes but for me personally if we're talking i'm always moto fantasy league here quickly uh, i'm not picking him <laughs> all right next one on the list is cole thompson interestingly enough similar injury for cole as max anstey now cole was unfortunately landed on during glendale uh he's got a bunch of other minor issues uh, that he's injuries that he's got bumps and bruises grazes all those sorts of lovely things but the thing that's going to keep him out for the rest of the supercross season is a torn labrum in his shoulder he's had an mri unlike max anstey he had the mri it's confirmed it he is going to try and avoid surgery so he's going to do kind of like what Max is doing he's going to go that conservative route with treatment he's going to just get some therapy during the week he's going to do these rehab exercises and see if he can get it to resolve on its own uh, which in most cases you can If if it's only a minor tear and, it, and it's in a decent location and it's not catching all the time and not getting continuously irritated it is possible just to go the conservative route wisely or smartly however smartly is probably not a good word but wisely by cole thompson he's told me that he is going to get a couple of other opinions from some different doctors over the, the next week or so to confirm that he is doing the right thing and that it is improving and that it isn't in fact worse or not going to resolve for him uh, and in which case he would then go and do surgery but for now he's going to try and avoid that he did mention. I did ask him what his plan was for his racing before the injury. Uh, he said that he wasn't planning to race the Canadian, um, you know, outdoor series. He's just planning to be back in time for the Canadian Supercross series, and that was before the injury occurred. And that's still his plan because obviously the Canadian Supercross series isn't until much later in the year, so he should have plenty of time to recover. So hopefully, all goes well for Cole. But he is still there is still a minor risk for him that he will have to go in the, for that surgical procedure. Um, but ideally if you can avoid these things there's so lots of times with these pro riders it seems like they just go straight for the surgical option uh, they don't try the other other you know rehab method uh, because it potentially could take longer and it could still fail and then they couldn't still couldn't race for a longer period and be out for the whole year sort of thing and obviously they need to race to make money so you know it's interesting to see that he's got the time and the space in his calendar he can take the, the rehab option so it's good for him Cheyenne Harmon we spoke with Cheyenne this week. He managed to uh, have a crash before Glendale uh, and he broke the three outside toes on his left foot in that crash and he was still able to try to race uh, Glendale. He obviously didn't qualify um, into the main main events for the night show, but he did ride, um, which is a good effort from Cheyenne. but he, if you check out our um, update on him on our Instagram or his own Instagram, he had some significant taping done to try and support it while it was in the boot and he obviously had some issues with trying to shift gears uh, while he's doing the riding obviously left foot gear shift side a little bit more problematic for him than say the brake side where he could just use his big toe um you know and 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 just put the pressure down not have to actually physically lift which is usually more a bit more more of an, a difficult task for you when you've got those toes broken because you actually got to move the toes up to do that Um, You can't just use the solely boot sort of thing to push down with it like you do on a brake pedal. So Cheyenne uh, is planning to try and race A3. He's hoping to get through that okay. Then obviously the West Coast guys from the 250 class get a decent break a couple of weeks before they have to be going again. He was planning to do 450 on the East Coast, but that's now unlikely, he tells us. Um, just He's going to probably take a couple of weeks once this... uh, once the West Coast uh, races stop after A3 this week, just to give himself a chance to have those bones recover. He mentioned that he might go back to putting himself in in a cast for that period. He'll check with his, you know, treating doctor and all that sort of stuff to see if he does that. But, look, toes pretty straightforward they should be all good in about four to six weeks smaller bones heal quicker hence why we say four to six the six weeks is usually for those bigger bones uh you know full arm bones leg bones etc six six to eight if you start talking you know the bigger bones so for the smaller ones in the toes should be only about four weeks so hopefully he's all good we might still see him on the 450 for a couple of rounds later in the year uh, but he should be back in time for those west coast rounds when they resume on the 250. Moving on, we got Preston Taylor. Uh, he was an over-the-bars incident at Glendale. Um, many people uh, mentioned that one. I think he was in there with um, Carson Mumford uh, in the same area for a crash. Actually, no, sorry, I think that's wrong. Sorry, let's just go with Preston Taylor's part. He did have that over-the-bars crash. We did speak to him as well. He tells us that the main issue for him he is sore all over, um, but he did split his nose open pretty good. Uh, ended up in hospital had to have it glued back together so depending on where you rip yourself open in your skin um, obviously on your face it's a bit more difficult to put um, stitches into because it's a bit tighter and it's a bit more fitted let's say around there um, particularly over the nose so and, and you don't obviously want big scars being left on your face um, after the you know the, the stitches come out so they will ideally try and glue these things back together. It's different glue. It's not just, you know, go and get your crazy glue off the shelf. <laughs> it's surgical stuff that they stick down together to make it all sort of sit a bit flatter. It still holds it. It actually helps seal it up so that it's not um, not bleeding out and and, and oozing as such, uh, which is which is good. Um, but he will will obviously have a nice mark on his nose for a couple of weeks and probably have to get that checked after um you know each week probably just to make sure it's still holding together he tells us that he's going to try and ride this week at a3 um i asked him if he's going to try and get a you know practice day in or anything beforehand or if he's going to do press day or anything like that he said nope he's going straight to sat day to see if he can qualify so we're interested to see how this works out for him i don't know if it's going to go so well he said he's pretty sore elsewhere so look he might not be able to tolerate it he might he might do it but he might be a bit slower My comment to him was, uh, so we're either going to see if this works or it won't. So (laughs) let's see what happens on Saturday for Preston Taylor. Carson Mumford also didn't make it through all three mains in Glendale. He had a bit of an issue with the Dragons back. I think I saw that video of him going over the bars. Um, He's a bit sore, um, but I expect him to be there for A3. Ryder Floyd got back to me this week and we're hoping to have him on for an interview shortly. Um, he will probably be on some, some uh, future episodes, um, but he's going to be that update that we put out about him last week um, with his metatarsal fractures and his subsequent surgery. Um, we'll be hoping to talk to Ryder um, on some, some, some future episodes and get some more insight on, on how he's doing, how the injury happened, how he's coping, all those sorts of things. Next rider along the list is Chris Blows. Now, we mentioned him uh, in our updates recently. He's got two broken ribs um, from, uh, what was that, from Anaheim 2. He had those ribs fracture. Um, he managed to ride Glendale, but he obviously is in uh, quite a bit of pain. Uh, but Chris is tough. He's managed to get through Glendale. Um, I expect him to keep gritting it out for a three as well. And then you'll probably see him have a bit of a rest for those couple of round- weeks between the west coast rounds while they're on break um, and that should be enough time for him ribs are just ribs are just painful if anyone's had a rib fracture you'll know what i'm talking about every time you take a breath in that first week to two you feel it move it hurts the bigger the breath the more the pain every time you go to sit up out of a chair it hurts every time you're laying down in bed and you go to roll over or you go to sit up to get out of bed it hurts and any other bump or knock to yourself or movement sideways that requires you to control your core which is pretty much anything hurts in the ribs so look um you'll probably be feeling still a little bit sore this week so again if we start talking always Murdo fantasy league on pulp mx there um not picking chris this week (laughs) all right a bit of an update on a couple of guys um from last week um so dylan woodcock we had that update from him he sent in that audio for us about his knee checked in with him this week uh he said he's all good looking for a good finish at um a3 finish on a high note i think it was so Sounds like he's managed the, the little issue he's got. Like you said, he had that cartilage issue and a bone bruise. The bone bruise will be tender, but you should be able to get through. And the cartilage, look, if, if it's if it's loose and fractured and floating around, it should be fine. Um, yes, obviously, you wouldn't, don't want it in there. You don't want him wearing out his knee. But from a point of riding this weekend, I think he should be good. Ryan Surratt also he managed to ride at Glendale but he had that issue from A2 um, that he had that TFCC the triangular fibrocartilage complex in his wrist um, where he didn't tear which we explained last time so if you want to check out what that is listen to episode 9 that's got the update on that injury in in there. but he didn't make, he didn't qualify well out of the LCQ, he didn't qualify out of the LCQ for Glendale, I suspect that was the due, partly in fact due to just his wrist probably not letting him be as strong and as stable and as fast on the bike as he would like, Um, so maybe another week will be okay, probably not that flash, he's probably still going to be around that bubble for qualifying, so again, he was a really easy main event pick in the first uh, few rounds uh, for for fantasy purposes, I' probably staying clear of Ryan Surratt, um for A3. By the time we come back around from from west Coast for the for the break again, I suspect that Ryan will be pretty close to all right at that stage. hopefully all the swelling and everything's settled down by that point and he still he still might need some tape and some and a brace or something along those lines, but I dare say he'll be okay by that point. Next rider, um, Logan Lietzel. He's back. we've seen him back on the bike, there's been some updates on his Instagram this week, um, he's back after his concussion from A2 and dislocated shoulder I believe it was, let me check my notes there, yes he had dislocated shoulder as well as that um, Anaheim uh, concussion at Anaheim 2, but he's been back on the bike, I expect to see him at Anaheim 3 on Saturday as well. Lastly, before we get to the Brighton Carroll uh, interview, um, audio bit there for from him, um, just an update on Bobby Piazza, we mentioned him in one of our very early episodes uh, for, for 2022, um, Bobby was basically the first one on our list for injuries this year, um, first day on Supercross testing for Bobby and he managed to weed it up pretty good, um, broke his wrist pretty badly, it was back in November, beginning of November. It was 5th of November. Now, he's only just put up a post today that we'll be sharing probably next week on our Instagram just after we have another bit more of a chat with him and check in with him. Um, but he's finally got a cast off and that's basically three months that he's been in an immobilized situation um, trying to get that uh, fractures, those fractures, because there's multiple fractures, to repair so it's been a long process for him and it's not over yet um just this just means basically that everything's healed but now he's got to try and recover the the movement he's got to try and recover the strength and that's not even we're talking weeks yet before he even considers trying to get onto a bike so still a fair road to go for bobby piazza all right guys that's the the list this week that we've got heading into anaheim three uh Quick break again. We're going to drop in the interview from Brighton Carroll. It's coming up next.
1: Well, I was down in Florida training for Supercross for the 250 East Coast Series. And I was riding Supercross one day, and it was early in the morning, and there wasn't many lines on the track yet. It was still pretty greasy on top. And there was this big super peaked finish line that was right out of a corner and you know normally warming up in the morning that's one of the first jumps I'll hit on the track and yeah this one is super big and it's not like a normal you know super cross finish line it's uh pretty wide open on a 250 so when i came into the corner i wasn't super aggressive building my momentum in and out of the corner because i didn't want to slide out or anything trying to come out of the corner and commit to this jump so at about the apex of the corner I rolled on the throttle and really tried to seat bounce it off the lip and really, you know, give my throttle at the bottom of the lip. And it sent me super high. And this jump already sends you super high, but you have to go super high to get all the way over it. And I didn't get all the way over it. When I came down, I landed right on top of the landing and the impact alone dislocated my wrist. I came to a dead stop. I actually didn't even fall. I realized, you know, I just injured my wrist and I just walked off the bike after that I went and got it checked out realized that it was dislocated and that it needed a minor surgery to get a uh, reset from the inside and also threw a couple of pins in just to hold my wrist together to give time for my tendons and everything and nerves to recover and hold my wrist together on their own and it's been about two weeks and I got a hard cast now and Another two weeks and I get these pins out and I believe I'll be getting a brace. So hopefully from there on out, it'll be therapy and rehab and, you know, the road back to full recovery. So, you know, time frame for getting back to Supercross is undecided yet. I'm going to try and get back to one of the later east coast rounds but you know supercross is gnarly so i don't want to not be 100 percent. you know i think my focus has shifted more towards the outdoors now i believe my plan is to possibly hit the entire outdoor series in the 450 class and go out west and start at round one But as far as Supercross and, you know, right now goes, depending on strength and mobility as soon as I get back is really the ultimate deciding factor of if I'm going to be able to come back to Supercross, competitively speaking anyway. I think the plan is to get back on Supercross either way once I get back riding to just, you know, keep training on Supercross until it's time to train for outdoors. And as far as racing, I think we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But I appreciate you having me on the podcast. It probably took me about five times to take this recording. Uh, Definitely not something I've done before, but it was pretty cool. So uh, thanks again for having me on, and hopefully I'll be back on the bike ASAP. Later
0: all right guys and girls we're back that was a great little update there from brighton carroll loved a little bit at the end that he had a couple of goes at uh trying to record it for us which is fantastic effort for him um obviously it's probably the one of the first times he's done something like that Uh, but i really appreciate these guys giving me this info and giving me the time um you know to, to do these sorts of recordings or interviews for us it's just making the content a lot more in depth and and you get that feel that you're talking to the writer there and then you know um as a listener you, you you get to feel a bit more closer to the action so it's great all right guys moving on we're going to do a little bit of fantasy talk now the always moto fantasy league on the pulp mx is still going on guys we've still got a chance to get um entries in uh, or not entries but join the league um if you join before uh, east coast um, you are still eligible for the prizes that we've now got up for grabs uh, for the league winner and second and third place so luckily for us uh, we've had another person come on board that's going to support us with some some extra prizes now we originally had goat brand mx that do the knee the, they do some sick knee brace socks um, they, they put up a prize for first place for us they're still in there, they're still going to be first place uh, but we've had false neutral industries come on board and they want to put up a hat for second and a pair of sunnies for third so we've now got a first, second and third prize guys so it's opened up the field a bit more um, you know, got something to chase so we've got now got the chase for the socks the hat and the sunnies you're going to see those posts keep coming out every time we're putting up the, uh, the updates on the fantasy league so if you're not a member get in there join it you need the password it's injury all lowercase um, use it get in there but it's got to be before uh, east coast which is the february 19 or thereabouts yep february 19. Uh, so that's neck not this week it's next saturday um, so get in and join. You also need to be following my account, which is always moto, always.moto on Instagram. You need to be following goatbrandmx on Instagram. And you also need to be following false neutral industries on Instagram to be eligible for the prizes. So last week's winner in from Glendale just for the round. It's Plant 91 had a pretty strong finish there. He's got 294 points for the round. Uh, he finished, you know, fair few, uh, about eight points in front of the next place, which was Santa Quad. Oh, my man, Santa Quad, he, he got a decent round. He's starting to creep back in there. Uh, and then we've got GMC 230 in third on 278. Uh, and let's see who brought up the rear. Let's just scroll down, scroll down. Oh, my man from Full Noise, Aaron. Oh, he's had a shocker. He's got 161 for the, and 25th place for uh, for uh, Glendale round. So not a good round for Aaron. He did, he did mention, I think I remember it was from Anaheim too, he was giving us some grief that he got a decent finish finally. Obviously, that didn't last more than one round. Anyway, so let's check out the overall leaderboard now. Uh, we'll get rid of the Glendale one. Hold on, we're just updating the page. All right, so we've got GMC two thirty leading us out. He's on twelve hundred and five points already. Guy's gonna need a handicap. At the rate he's going, going fairly well. MX nut twenty three's been giving us some stick this week uh, about um, playing it safe, <laughs> going for, for uh, doubles and triples. It's a baseball terminology for anybody that doesn't know. Um, so he's playing it safe, trying to stay in the in the hunt for the for the socks, the hat, and the sunnies. And let's roll down. So look, I've dropped down to 13th, which sucks, but anyway, we'll get there. Santa Quad's just right behind us. Um, And who's bringing up the rear? Oh look out! So it's it's a bit close at the end. Uh, we've got uh, Impala Boy on eight seven seven. He's in twenty third. We've got Clinton uh, three laps down, who's helping with the stats on NBC uh, for the TV coverage. He's in twenty fourth on eight seven six. I would have thought Clinton would have a bit better uh, go at this uh, <laughs> at the uh, at the fantasy game. Uh, seeing as how he's got all the stats at his at his beck and call. Uh, and then in 25th, oh, it's my man, get to the chopper. It's Nath from Goatbrand, the guy who's putting up the prize for first place. I think he's going to go for the participation award. He's coming in last. He's in 25th. He's on 868. So hopefully Nath can have a few good rounds here and uh, and pick up the pace and drag everybody forward. But look, it's a bit of fun, guys. Get on there. Um, comment on the post we put up about the fantasy say how shit your team is or how good it was post up we want to see you posting up your teams before the round kicks off so pop them up tag us tag always moto tag goat brand mx and tag false neutral industries uh it's just going to help promote it if everything goes well with this supercross series we're going to try and grow this and get a few more prizes going for um the motocross series so we'll see how it all works out but uh at this stage a bit of fun Bit of shit talk. Um, just get involved, guys. It's pretty funny. All right. And now, look. Last couple of things I wanted to mention before we close out the podcast for episode 11 of the Always Moto podcast. Um, I've had a couple of things this week that have that have interested me, and I wanted to put it out to you guys, the listeners. So I'm looking for some feedback, basically. I've had a chat with the marketing um marketing manager for stark which is the new electric motorbike that you guys might have seen um some promo media about uh, in december and just recently um, I've been chatting to them about where this thing's up to and how it's going to fit into the Australian market and if it's even coming to the Australian market. Um, so I was wanting, I want you guys to reach out to me, send me a message um, if you want to hear more about that and I'll I'll actually make a specific podcast on it. So send us a message if you'd like to know what more about it and, and listen to it rather than read it because I'm going to make, a, make an article about it for Full Noise. Um, so you'll be able to read it on fullnoise.com.au. But if you want to listen to it and, and get a bit more insight from, from myself and, and the conversation I've had with uh, Benjamin there, uh, let me know. Send me a message um, and, and we can uh, hook it up with an actual podcast for you guys. And also, similarly along that same sort of lines, um, had some had some brief chats with Richard Taylor, privateer. Um, he's actually the son of X brand um, in, in America there, uh, the Richard Taylor, um, RT, um, it, as he goes by. Um, And Richard uh, mentioned on another podcast about some custom knee braces that he got made from CTI because he's got a very dodgy knee. Um, He's had some multiple ACL issues over his time. Uh, He's only young uh, and he hasn't been able to get the last one repaired because of the recovery time frame that would go along with it so i've asked richard to send me some photos of these custom braces that he's had made because they're not your usual knee brace that you can buy off the shelf and even when you say custom cti yes obviously everyone's can get custom cti's here's our custom again as in extra straps and whatnot so there's something different about them i'm wondering if you guys want to know more about that and we can have another chat about that so if you are let me know send me a message um and i'll try and get a small interview with him and some images up of that that we can pop in with the podcast and the post for the podcast uh, and we'll try and join it into maybe the next episode next week's uh, episode about the injury updates or the one after once we get that information because he said he's getting some uh A second version of these sent to him in the next few days Uh, so he's going to send me the pictures of the new ones when he gets them arrived so let me know if you're interested in that sort of stuff guys send me a message uh it's it's always at always.moto on instagram you can always email me at alwaysmoto2019 at gmail.com and look guys if you know somebody that'd be interested in supporting the podcast and getting some uh some advertising on on this platform tell them to get in touch with us we'd be happy to hear from them we could love we, we could use the support we could use some uh, additional dollars as such or some you know product to give away uh, for the listeners and just support the support the companies that support us sort of thing um, so feel free to send them our way and get them in touch with us all right guys and girls thanks for listening that's another episode with the always moto podcast i'm david hogan thanks for listening uh it's been a been a good uh round so far so season so far um looking forward to seeing how many more injuries we get like we said we've already had a lot uh come through in 2022 uh which isn't great but look it gives us some content to talk about but that's it for this episode be sure to subscribe to the podcast follow us on instagram Uh, if you support the show get in touch. If you can support the show, get in touch. But for now, be fast, be smooth, because if you're not, I'll probably be seeing you in the emergency department.